0: Today, I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons
1: of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you.
0: I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of
1: training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined. is not a man. You guys have up your game. You know what guys, I got to say I I love this the concept of the man show. Warning. The Catholic man show is about to begin. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with the David Dials, Don David.
1: I liked peeling off the the like when you first get a bottle of whiskey and it's got this that little. Top. Like this tab that you peel, and it because it's just so perforated. Mm-hmm. It just is a nice, like a satisfying feels feeling right. to peel it off. Mm-hmm. I do too. I was really enjoying it that time. You're
0: enjoying it. Yeah. Nice. Well, it is a, I'm really excited about this bottle of whiskey because it is very well known to be uh for sherried whiskey. If you
1: like sherried whiskey, and in my opinion, the funniest name of all the scotches, Glenn Mm-hmm. Glenn Farkless Twelve is what we're drinking. Because every time you say it, it sounds to me like you're saying "fartless." Oh, okay. It's the Glenn Fartless. Okay. <laughs> Quality stuff here. I mean, Kevin like, come on, everybody's thinking it. You say Glenn Farkless, it sounds like Glenn Fartless. Okay. All right. Well, I hope the Scottish people know that. I am very excited
0: about it, though, because I like Sherried whiskey. Like, I like the. Um, it's a it's typically sweet
1: I do I do um, like sweetness
0: and it's it's a good it's a good change up from the heavy peated you know smoky mm-hmm.
1: scotch. you know what my favorite flavor in the world is no, I do not sugar
0: <laughs> is that a flavor? yes. I don't it's, think a it's, I think many, it's a
1: flavor that has many. It's it's like a virtue. It has many sub. I don't feel like that. It's sub a flavor virtues. At all. There are many sub virtues of sugar, <laughs> and I like all of them. We're going to talk about a sub virtue today.
0: Yes, I know. Friendliness. Friendliness and flattery. And flatulence. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I kind of wish that uh, our episode would have gone last night instead of tonight. Well, it didn't. Yeah. So we just sat here with Juan and Jim sitting here drinking a bottle of scotch. Yeah. Solving the world's problems. And
1: even now we're still not live streaming. No, because our internet Because Cox can't get it together.
0: Our internet is down. Hey, let's let's cheers. We're on the oh, worst yeah. team.
1: The winning side. So raise
0: your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers. So it says that it's a space side, but everybody on the like on the interwebs mm. really calls it a highland. So I mean, you can, you do it. You do you. You know, if you wanted to call it a space side, fine. We've talked about this before. How space sides and highlands—they're very like. What's the difference? They're they're very very similar. Right. It's very hard hard to distinguish between the two. Uh, so it says it's a it's a natural color with fresh, tempting nose that oozes sweetness, mm. full bodied, and delightfully sherried long and flavor uh flavorsome
1: with a lingering spice the event is blowing on me right here and i, I when i went to to smell it the wind is like hitting me right in the face just totally i'm like trying to get out of the wind so i can smell it 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 definitely smells like uh a sherryed whiskey yeah not a whole lot of aroma nothing that you know like some of them i get some I get, are very aromatic that really punch you in the face
0: uh i get honey Wheat, a little raisin on the nose.
1: I smell like, I smell AC. (laughs) Air conditioning.
0: America. (laughs) It is really, yeah, it is a very... That is nice. So there's a lot of guys that always ask us. They say, hey, what's a good whiskey to start out with? A good rule of thumb for a whiskey, that like, if you're just you're just trying Scotch for the first time, or you want to get a bottle that, you know, with a couple of buddies that you you don't want it to be too aggressive, uh, you have a couple of guys coming in that like they've never tried whiskey before. Right. Always like I always give kind of the same answer, which is um go with a Highland Scotch. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you it, if you really don't want to be adventurous, you know, go with a a Sherried bot, you know, sherryed oloroso cask because it's going to be sweeter. Easy to drink. It's going to be easier to drink. Uh, it, it's going to be more of almost like a bourbon because the oloroso uh, sherry cask is sweeter, like a bourbon. Bourbons are typically the sweet uh, whiskeys. Yeah. So it's not as hard of a transition from a, a bourbon to a scotch. Uh, this uh, Glenfarclas would be a great one to have. And don't be afraid to water it
1: down. Yeah, that's when right. When you're starting off,
0: that's right. We talked to, when we talked to uh, Mark from Whiskey Cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a few years ago now, probably. Yeah. What did he say?
1: Two parts water, one part scotch. Uh, he when he said you know, like, like when you're first starting. If out. you're like really, if you're first starting out, yeah, don't be afraid to do that. You know, don't don't a don't pour yourself a big glass, mm-hmm. but maybe and don't just jump straight straight there. Maybe go one to one, see how you do. Yeah. Also, here's a, a something that that I realized at some point. Okay. Okay, so when we started drinking, when I started drinking beer and whiskey, before that I, you know, was a pop drinker. You know, high school, college, you know, like let me let me throw down some Dr Pepper. Mhm. And you drink Dr Pepper much different or pop much differently than you would an alcoholic beverage. You know, so with Dr Pepper, something real sweet, you're not afraid to take big old gulps. Mhm. You know, let's get it in me. Mhm. So then with with whiskey, I and I catch uh, like I've told my wife this before, Lady Pamela, like take really small sips, you know, and you just have to remember to do that because if you take a big sip, even now, if I take a big sip, big gulp of whiskey, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's like, ugh, that one was hard, to, you know, mm-hmm. that one kind of hurt a little bit, mm-hmm. but if you, you got to take a nice small sip, yes, because and that way you can really. Uh
0: take the flavor in. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. How's, uh, how's baby Davy doing?
1: He's doing great. Yes? He's he's three I weeks old. He's I, three weeks old okay. as of yesterday and he's already changed a lot. He's starting to get chubby already. Oh really? hmm Nice. Yeah, you know how like sometimes their cheeks like start to get chubby and like impedes their vision. Oh yeah. I, I caught a a glance of him today and I was like, it looks like your cheeks are starting to get in the way of your eyes. Mm-hmm. I like it. They're cute cuz yeah, I it's... like a fat baby. Mhm. Like a meaty, chubby baby. Like yeah, like our last our last daughter, Bernadette, she was like a scarecrow baby yeah. the whole time. She's a, she's always just super skinny. Mm-hmm. But I like a like a meaty baby you can cuddle. Just, just really like hug and yeah. Mhm. I did too. It's love... like you squeeze him and it's like that's so much
0: baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: You're in a weird mood tonight. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's that's the truth. I've always felt that way about babies.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, good. I'm glad. Yeah. It- oh, but also, last episode, we were talking about, I want to make a correction. Ooh, okay. Is it something I said or you said? No. Yes. <laughs> uh, we were talking about the price of how much it costs to have a will done. Oh, yes. And I said it was like a couple thousand. And I believe that I was being... I was getting that confused with a trust. A trust will typically cost several thousand dollars, depending on how complicated it is and what kind of trust, because there are all kinds. A will is going to be like in the—it's going to be under a thousand, almost assuredly, like th- even as low as two or three hundred dollars. So I just want to clear that
0: up. Yeah, because when you told me that, I was like, "Well, I'm not doing it." But now you might. But now I may. You should. Yeah, you should do it. Yeah. So that—that that is a good clarification. Yeah. And we have uh, our loyal listeners who always are eager to uh yeah and practice. i always i
1: always appreciate it that when when someone messages mm-hmm. me something like hey i just want to let you know once again you don't know what you're talking about
0: <laughs> but i really appreciate you mean, your totally show you
1: responsible you have a show and people listen to you and they think they they think that you know what you're talking about and you don't yeah okay
0: but i really appreciate your show right <laughs> but keep it up yeah <laughs> yeah do you have any uh, do you have any fourth of july traditions
1: fireworks that's a good one usually bleeding Bleeding. Yeah, that's a kind of a Fourth of July tradition. He's, like, it used to be more. W-
0: what about like lentils and uh, suitcases? Do you have that tradition? <laughs> I know. A,
1: I know a guy. That, if that's, you need to,
0: that's the New Year's if, though. That's not Fourth of July. That's
1: true. Yeah. There's no. There are no Venezuelan Fourth of July traditions. You have handmade ice cream. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll make. Ha- uh, my mom has this antique ice cream maker you know with a real crank mm-hmm. it's a white hat white horse it's like a uh someone tried to buy it from her for like 300 dollars one time because apparently it's like rare mm-hmm. and it's eight quarts oh wow it so makes it makes nice. two gallons of ice cream <laughs> nice <laughs> all at once and so it's like uh it's at the very end it takes a real man to keep to, to keep, keep turn turning that it. crank yeah right so uh We'll usually make some ice cream. We used to do crazy things like shoot bottle rockets at each other. Glad you don't do that anymore. We had all these PVC pipes that we would like stomp into the ground to plug up one end and then light a bottle rocket and drop it down the tube and then like hold it like a bazooka and shoot them at each other. Wow. That kind of stuff. It, It used to get real.
0: Dude, my dad makes a delicious homemade banana ice cream. Oh. On 4th of July. He uses the key is very ripe bananas. No doubt. Very ripe bananas yeah. will yield you very good banana ice cream. Good to know. So when we get back, we're going to jump into uh, the man gear. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass.
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada, and Jim Spencer, a.k.a. Jimbo Baggins, man in the door. We're drinking a little bit of Glen Farkless. Mm -hmm. You decide what you heard when I said that. You you know what? You make up your own mind. It is really good, though. Mm -hmm. It has a nice long finish.
0: Apparently it's about 50 bucks. I don't remember because I bought it like a month ago. Yeah. And it,
1: it who, can give, re- who can remember things from that long ago? Right. Not I mean, me. What am I, Wikipedia? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like ridiculous. Give me, give me a break.
0: Yeah. Anyway, man gear. Man gear today. So, you know, 4th of July is this weekend. Uh, I thought it would be a good, mm-hmm. a lot of times a mm-hmm. tradition in the 4th of July is barbecue, you know, yeah. grilling. and Blowing stuff up blowing stuff up obviously yeah but with your family and so you you know it's always fun to talk like i always love talking about barbecue it's smoking you know briskets and pork and things like that and so one of the main you know and when you have everybody over it's just so much fun and like exciting to like take on almost that burden of preparing all like the the food yeah um and like okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna get I, i can't think of very many things that i like get ex- almost excited about still waking up at 3 a.m. Yeah. to put meat on the mean. grill. Yeah. Like, I still, I don't enjoy getting up that early, but I get up and I'm like, okay, yes, I'm going to do this. I have this mission to take care of, you know. And, and to, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so good. It, yeah. The re- you know, the re- reward is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the things that is always needed whenever you're smoking meat or you're, you know, even just grilling in general, uh, especially like thicker pieces of meat burgers well, you don't need grilling, to grilling
1: you don't you probably don't it's it's nice to have but if you're smoking for sure right
0: it's nice. it's still nice to have with grilling like especially if you're like just grilling like a big you know loin or something like that it's still good to know oh
1: okay yeah i was thinking like a not burgers like or a steak oh you know like or a big pork chop or it, something it's,
0: it's easy to kind of d- dictate with steaks yeah Unless okay that's like, what i was
1: thinking like no i don't think you should be using a ther- it's a meat thermometer Right, I'm sorry. The, the, that's, uh, that's what we're talking about. Right, and I was going to say I don't think you should be using a meat thermometer if you're grilling a steak of some kind, whether it's pork, beef, Typically, whatever. Because you just need to hone and refine the craft of, of knowing. Grilling, you a know, steak. you can kind of you just give so, it a feel. So if you
0: put your thumb over your index finger mm-hmm. and you push right in that meaty part yeah. of your hand, that's what like medium feels like, and so that's what your steak should feel like
1: yeah okay I don't do it that way I do like if you just touch this finger well people do not your ring finger mm-hmm. don't squeeze just touch uh-huh. that's kind of like medium well the the touch the the, the,
0: the tendon part or the muscle middle part.
1: finger right still touching in that muscly part mm-hmm. that's medium touch your index finger and that's medium rare
0: oh that's a good way to do it I like mm-hmm. that way uh, so anyway the I just look at it yeah, one just one knows, but he's a.
1: One will just smell it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's just so my perfect.
0: Dad, my dad got this awesome uh thermometer meat thermometer. It's called a meter, M E A T E R. Yeah, and it's a it's a wireless Bluetooth smart meat thermometer. And what's really cool about it is it's it's just one thermometer you put it in and it has two sensors on it you want both you really do want both you you really do want both yeah so it has it has two sensors on it right it has one that goes like that's for inside the meat Mm. and then it has out on the outside what the outside temperature of the grill is right and so what you do because you just cannot trust
1: i know it's like your your
0: your dial on the top yeah
1: the dial on your grill it doesn't matter how new your grill is or how nice the dial is that dial is always wrong as much as like 50 degrees, just because it's so much lower, it's so much higher above the grilling surface, surface you know, like, cause right. when you're grilling, you want, you don't want to know temperature. What is it? How high is, what's the temperature 12 inches above the grilling surface? Mm-hmm. Cause just open the lid, put your hand 12 inches higher and then put it, your hand right at the grilling surface. It's a You'll drastically different temperature, right? Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, you need a, a thermometer that's really at the level of the food that you're cooking. Mm -hmm. And so what's really cool about
0: this one is that you download the app and it has these algorithms in there where you you, you pick which type of meat you're smoking Mm -hmm. and you set, it'll tell you here's what the meat is currently, then you set like here's your target temperature and then it gives you the outside temperature and it dictates to you basically here's how long it's going to take based on the information that we have uh, how long it's going to take to get to your target temperature, which is always the key, right? Because the frustrating thing about smoking meat, like a brisket or a pork shoulder, is that it says, okay, typically sixty to ninety minutes per pound. You know, that's typically how long you smoke. You know, right. Whatever the you know whatever the poundage is, it's sixty to Depend- ninety minutes. Depending on the meat, right? Right. And so you 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 add it. You know, you do the math, and you're like, okay, I need to be up for twelve hours. And like you get there at twelve hours, and then it has to have an hour of rest afterwards. So you. You you do all the math. You line it up. You let it rest. You open it up, and it's like, no, it's not done yet. Yeah, I I followed the rules, and it's mm-hmm. still not done. Yep.
1: The the thermometer really helps. Or or what happens to me? Yeah, because I, for me, I always go on not how long has it been on the grill, but what is the internal temperature? Because mm-hmm. that will really tell you. It doesn't actually matter how long it's been on the grill. And so what happens to me is like, okay, it should be done in twelve hours in your scenario. Right. 12 hours come, and it's not done. Right. And, uh, like, I can't tell you how many times I've been smoking something, and it's, you know, like 7.30. I was planning on this thing being done at 5, and it's right. 7.30. And it's still not and done. still is not done. And I'm having to, like, crank up the heat a lot. And, right. Or maybe put it in the oven, you know. Or you
0: don't, like, give it a chance to rest, which is oh, a, yeah. a big... Yeah. A, a, a you big just
1: can't, because, like, the natives are restless. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, yeah, you have a bunch it's like, of like we got to eat. Yeah,
0: you have people over. Everybody's yeah, I, like, waiting. I'm getting restless. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm very hungry. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so that's that's a frustrating part, right? Is 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 whenever you you put all this time and effort into it, and you want it to yield a delicious meal that you get to share with all your family and friends.
1: But so you don't does have the it give time. you like live updates on your ETA?
0: Yes, it, it as it goes. Like let, let's say your your the internal temperature of your grill goes down, it then reallocate like. Over a period of time, like right. I don't know what the time frame yeah. is, but let's say the grill, grill temperature goes down, it will uh, recalculate based
1: on that. Yeah. So, so like Google Maps, when you're driving somewhere, it'll yeah, tell of, you like yeah your, similar what time you're gonna get there.
0: So I don't know if I've told you this on the show or not, but it's worth retelling anyway. Okay, here's a delicious recipe of smoking uh, pork tender uh, pork loins um, for the Fourth of July. Tell me. So you take a, a block of cream cheese. Dice up a bunch of jalapenos, put in cheddar cheese, and you can put in different kinds of spices or whatever you know whatever tickles your fancy in mm-hmm. that aspect. Okay. Mix it all up. You take the pork, you take the tenderloin, you cut it straight down the middle, you fillet it, and you put all those tender uh, all, all the uh, cream cheese f- stuffing inside. Yeah. Wrap it back up. Put toothpicks through it. Set it on the grill. Now. If you want to up your game, you can do the bacon wrapped on top of that. But here's what I here's what I don't like about the bacon wrapped. Now this is almost heretical for me because I'm a bacon guy, right? I know. But I've I've played this game both ways, and I like the tenderloins without the bacon wrapped. Here's why. What happens is is whenever you smoke a tenderloin, most of the time the bacon on the outside gets nice crispy cooked, but on the inside of the tenderloin it's not cooked. It's raw, and so it doesn't taste like. It well, just, it's like, not going
1: to be raw, but it's not going to be crispy. It's not cooked. It's not cooked on the inside. It's like it's not cooked. Well, if the inside of the tor- of the pork tenderloin itself is cooked, then the inside of the that inner side of the bacon is going to be cooked, but it's not going to have that crisp it just it just doesn't Sensation. it just doesn't taste as well.
0: Oh, I forgot to mention also what I do is I take so, so uh on the outside of the tenderloin, I take sriracha sauce and brown sugar and mix that up and then l- cover the outside with the sriracha brown sugar. So it gives it a little bit of spice, a little bit of sweetness. Mm, I like sriracha. Uh-huh. And it's uh it's a nice glaze that puts on that goes on the top of it. So, if you're looking for something cool and it's very it's actually very hard to mess up because pick pork tenderloins you can probably with the cream cheese in the middle it doesn't really dry out yeah yeah it's not gonna um so you can like put that on there and and leave it on for for quite a while you're not gonna you're not gonna dry it out uh even longer than what it says you you know the, the math says mm-hmm. you'll be just fine um, but it, so, and they don't take
1: that long anyway
0: no it, they're only like about four hours yeah it, it, and that's a big difference than like a, a, a brisket or something like that that's 13 16 hours mm-hmm. um that you have to smoke so if you're looking for something cool to do for the Fourth of July, you are having people over, your family over, whatever. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's easy to do. It's it's cool because most people haven't tried it before. Uh, you know, a lot of people haven't tasted. You know, it, it's kind of new, fun, cool. That's what I like to do. Also, is like have something unique mm-hmm. that a lot of people haven't tried before. Yeah, it's 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 kind of it's just cool about it. It just adds to the hospitality of like having people
1: over. You know, and just mm-hmm. like yeah, you know, totally. Um, you can give them something like to talk yeah, about unique and, you know yeah. you can't you can't get this other place it's like good right i mean good it, hospitality you
0: know, the, the analogy of you know like we enjoy a scotch for you know for taking the time that the labor that's involved you know to make this scotch you, you sip it you, you take it you know a little bit of the time you enjoy it you know it's kind of similar way mm-hmm. it's the labor of yeah. love um you sit down and enjoy it with with family and friends
1: so i thought of a uh, fourth of july tradition that we do Okay. So you know, we'll do the fireworks just at my parents' house. They're outside city limits, and so you know, we'll usually get people over, shoot off fireworks. After the fireworks, all the men stand up and sing "God Bless America" mm-hmm. to the women, mm-hmm. for the women. I and that's thought, that's a good that tradition. That is
0: a good tradition. I like. I forgot. Sometimes I've, we've gone over to your house for the Fourth of July. Yeah. And forget. And all the I men, you know, stand we're all, up, all out
1: there in the in the yard. And the men stand up turn around and sing sing for the ladies yeah
0: i like that also if you're, sure you're we not- need to
1: incorporate more song into our just gatherings into like our when we get together
0: remember what in christmas time like we used to go and like not, like uh, caroling
1: caroling i thought about that this last year
0: and it was like as kids like we went on our small faith groups to we go, would go to each other's
1: houses and, and stuff and yeah
0: it's like we don't do that anymore
1: that's, nobody does that no anymore. one does
0: that anymore so in fact like i think it'd be weird for some people yeah like, you know what embrace people, embrace the weirdness people would we're come out outside
1: it. with a shotgun what are you doing yeah. i don't want to buy any <laughs> yeah it's a no soliciting neighborhood yeah
0: when we get back we're gonna talk about friendliness flattery and fatherhood we'll be right back welcome back to the catholic man show sipping on a little bit of glenn parkless 12 year single malt scotch whiskey just got done talking about the the meter plus there's a meter and a meter plus the plus uh has some advantages i can't remember exactly what it is but i read the differences a week ago, cause it, or yesterday, not a week ago, uh, yesterday, because this is what w- we we're going to talk about. But who can remember that far back? That far back I mean, is ridiculous. What am I,
1: Wikipedia? Yeah, I'm. <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's a good joke that I've never made before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so anyway, it's $100, but it, it's well worth it. Stainless steel. Go check one out. We're, we're not sponsored by them at all. It's
1: 100 bucks. Yep. That is a lot of money for a meat thermometer. I got mine off Amazon. It was like the Amazon brand or mm-hmm. something. For fifteen dollars, dual probe, nice wireless, nice. It's tough to tough to beat that. Tough to pay 100 a hundred for a nice one. Yeah, when you can get a and it, it's lasted me. In fact, it just broke. I had it for like two or three years. Nice. If I could get it again, I would. I'm gonna see if I can. Yeah, nice. Because I'm not. I don't have. A, I'm not wealthy. Okay, <laughs> yet yet. <laughs> so today uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh,
0: friendliness. And flattery. Like, it would be
1: really friendly if you gave me a hundred dollars
0: right now. I'm not going to. Um, and uh, then hopefully we we like, we're going to talk about like what Saint Thomas Aquinas says about these, and then hopefully we apply it to uh, fatherhood. So uh, it's interesting that friendliness, Saint Thomas says, is a sub virtue of justice. That is interesting.
1: And uh, you know, I'm not sure like what I would have thought friendliness would be a sub virtue of. First of all. I'm not sure I would have thought friendliness, that must be a virtue, mm-hmm. but I guess it is because it's, it's a action you could have be in the habit of doing, you mm-hmm. know, that's a good habit being be- cheerful with right. people, you know,
0: it, but St. Thomas makes this, what would
1: you have thought it would be,
0: uh, you, you know,
1: Char- well, charity, but that's, you can't say charity, that's cheating. Yeah. Everything's. Except uh, virtue. Jesus. Yeah. The
0: answer is Jesus. Cheese its No, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because he makes this uh, when he's talking about this friendliness being a sub virtue of justice. He says it is, but it's not a full. It's not a full sub virtue of justice because he says justice, you know, is rendering what's due to another person. Okay, and friendliness in and of itself is a a form of being like rendering to do so. Like uh, an example would be if I said, "Please pass me the salt." Okay, you pass me the salt and I say thank you. And I would say it is right and just. Now, do I really have is
1: it like do I owe you the justice of saying thank you? Well, this that's what I was going to ask you. Is you know, you pass a stranger um are they owed friendliness? friendliness right. So does he does he say well, does he make comments on that like explaining that it is a like yes, I could just pass by and say nothing to you. Sure, but uh, And that's not being friendly. It's not necessarily being rude, It depends on the right. circumstance, but like if I pass by and say nothing, have I violated, you know, like is this a violation of justice because I wasn't friendly?
0: Uh, well, I don't I don't, I don't know. I don't know the okay. answer to that. Um yeah. but basically Yeah,
1: don't say anything cuz we've had to make too many corrections, corrections lately, recently, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, so I I don't want to misspeak, but you know, <laughs> basically what it, you know, you said like do you have the example of like, do you have like injustice have to say thank you whenever they pass you the salt? I, I mean,
1: it could be in, for manners. Well, so that I would say I can see that they they pass you the salt. You, you you should say thank you because they they did something, something and for
0: they you. are like owed right. So, but so this is what this, this is what Saint Thomas says is like it's not necessarily like an ode of uh complete like rendering what's due to them so yeah. so but he he does say friendliness basically he doesn't say this but basically what he's saying is is that friendliness helps grow society right it behooves man to be friendly to another person uh to the other man to help grow society right okay. now obviously when you're when you are doing this like you're going to have different levels of friendliness with different people if you have an authentic friend that is a different level of friendliness than let's say just right. a person that you're passing by the street
1: right. if one of your friends is just like Better looking than your other friends, you know. Maybe you'll be nicer to them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but what he what he does? But it, what's
0: interesting about friendliness? That's why everyone's so nice to Juan. That's why everybody's super nice to Juan and Jim. And Jim. Uh, but what he does say, I think it's interesting about friendliness is that he says there's a positive and almost a negative to it. So like the positive, like we talk about like smiling at somebody, being friendly to somebody, being approachable, being, yeah, you yeah. know, having a joy about you as a Christian, you have a joy about you. Yep. But there's also being friendliness of, he says, bringing sorrow to somebody for the sake of the good, mm. which is very interesting, right? So like, uh, you know, the you know like if you are doing something wrong, I, I call you out. Mm-hmm. In in, the, in a prudent, appropriate manner
1: in front of a whole lot of people. In front people. of a whole lot of people, right?
0: right. Yeah, uh, but to including their mom. In, but in order to have, uh, for, for the sake of the good. Okay. Um, so he, and he says, if you don't do it, then the, then you are violating, you know, friendship, or friendliness. Mm. So if you don't, if you don't take the time to do that, right? You're, vi- you're violating fr- uh, friendliness, which right. is very because interesting.
1: People, we definitely in our culture today, it seems like oh. They're the very friendly, walking don't be cells. confrontational. That's right. not being friendly. The friendly thing is just, oh, don't say anything. Just let them, let them be who they are
0: and, right. you know. So let me, let me I'll, I'll quote him right here on, on this. He says, The virtuous man will sometimes not shrink from bringing sorrow to those among whom he lives. For this reason, he should not show a cheerful face to those who are given to sin in order to, that they may please them. Lest we seem to consent to their sin and in a way encourage them to sin further. Hmm. So it's you know you're your brother's keeper, right? So yeah. you you can't allow them to to continue sinning if you truly love them. You know this is the charity. that is so
1: hard to do. I mean, oh, like it definitely is. That is, I think one of the hardest for me anyway. Like,
0: but I think I think that is that it's shows so hard to do. I think that shows whenever you can get to the authentic, you know, there's the three levels of friendship that Aristotle talks about when you get to the authentic level of friendship Mm -hmm. and you are, even if you don't necessarily call them out in a, in the right way, in the proper way, like maybe you're a little too aggressive, maybe you're a little too angry or maybe you're too emotional or you're too uh, eager to call them out. Mm -hmm. But because the the person who's being called out knows like, no, this guy cares about me. He loves me for, you know, for my good. I'm going to take this even though uh he's, he may not be doing it right and I should take it with uh, you know, uh open heartedly, you know, and know that he's 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 calling me out because he, he cares about me. And when you can do that with another you know, with another friend, mm-hmm. I think that really shows the level of authentic friendship, um, where it's not getting necessarily offended. Pride hopefully doesn't get in the way too much, um to a yeah, point.
1: And, and a, you know, like you reach that level where you think I'm gonna tell you this even if it means you don't like me anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, but it's because I care about you because yeah, because an authentic friendship is one where you love the other for their sake. Right. You don't love them for something that a benefit that you get from it. Even though you might get benefits, you you, you almost certainly do get benefits from that kind of friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, those don't matter to you. You just love them for them. Right. And so whether you hate me now, that's okay. I still want to be a good friend. And I'm going to tell you this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you you know,
0: friendliness is maybe the you know the 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 virtue. It's in the middle. If you go if you swing to one side of the extreme, it would be flattery, and flattery, you know, is is Saint uh, Thomas says if a man were to wish always to speak pleasantly to others, he would exceed the mode of pleasing and would therefore sin by excess. Mm. You know, if he does this with the mere intention of pleasing, as he said, to be uh, complacent, according to the philosopher. So, like, he is he is saying, basically, if you are uh, flattering somebody to the point of just to flatter them, uh, you are sinning in excess.
1: Let me ask you this. What if you're a single person mm-hmm. trying to pursue a, a young lady? Well, okay, so...
0: Flatter like to flatter somebody it, like in this in this instant like in yeah. this context mm-hmm. is distorting the truth. Okay. So you're no longer you're no longer you're telling it's almost like the opposite of a you know it's almost like a lie. There's like so it so is kind a of, lie. It, There's a parallel. Yeah, you know, it, it is a lie. It is a lie. Right. You're you're distorting. That's the what truth.
1: a lie is. So the truth is distorted. Right. right.
0: You know. So you're 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 building them up, uh, falsely. Okay. And so. Um, there's ways of being able to flatter somebody in a good, you know, in, in telling the truth. But if you continue going on and on in excess, mm-hmm. that's the sin that that brings on a sin. And Saint Thomas actually talks about there's whether or not it's a mortal sin or a venial sin. We don't really have time to go into that. We'll do that after the show. You can check it out on YouTube. We'll we'll, we'll post it on YouTube. But he gives three reason, three ways of when it can be a mortal sin and mm-hmm. one way when it can't. But it's really interesting because in uh, The Inferno, Dante uh, puts flatterers uh, lower in the lower levels of hell than murderers. Really? Yes. Yes, he does. Which is very interesting, I think, because uh, it it says this appears uh, to be because flattery is a form of treachery. Okay, and so it's, you know, like... Yeah, he
1: he did put traitors... Peep,
0: yeah like Low, lower murder. so it's traders were the the lowest right so you know like you know uh, socrates the, the example of uh the the cave they're in they're in the cave yeah. the, the wall there's yeah. the shadows guy goes out he, he he experiences reality he comes back and tells him the truth like guys the reality is not on the cave wall the shadows are not reality mm-hmm. reality is out there well what happens they don't believe him and they kill him yeah you know so uh it's this understanding, like it's the same way with Jesus, right? He tells it, he, he like comes and tells everybody, like, no, 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 we're not living for this life; we're living for the next life. Mm-hmm. I, my, the kingdom is not of this world; it's of the next. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They killed him. They killed him. Yeah, you know. So it's this, it's this artificial reality that that you're building up in flattery, that it's this like fake reality that happened. And like, it also, that you build I, up.
1: I think probably is so harmful because you are uh, in. Implanting the seed of pride in mm-hmm. another person.
0: Absolutely. So when we get back on the other side of this break, we'll kind of take these principles and apply them to fatherhood. And then after the show, we'll talk a little bit more. I'd like to talk a little bit more about g- get deeper into flattery and things like that. So we're on the Lord's sweet, seat. the winning side. So raise your glass.
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada, and Jimbo Baggins. Adam, have I ever told you that you have the best hair of anybody I've ever known? No. Your hair is just gorgeous, and I just really have always admired it about you, and I also just really impressed with so many of the things that you do other than just with your hair and i really think that you're underrated as a person by by the world
0: thank you for that flattery
1: Mm -hmm. i appreciate that you're welcome that's i was wondering where you were going with that i mean those things yeah well,
0: you get to go to confession, right? Well, you're a sinner. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've kind of we kind of laid the uh, the groundwork on this, and I wanted to take it that that's what Aquinas says about Jane. friendliness and flattery.
1: Okay, now let's bring it down.
0: But let's bring it down to to fatherhood, and and this can go for whether you're a priest, uh, what I mean, any type of a father, your spiritual father, uh, you know, an actual biological father. You know, uh, you, I think you can take this um, for any any of it. So. I think that a lot of times we mm-hmm. see dads now nowadays uh, build up their kids artificially, flatter their kids um, to the point of like, listen, little Timmy is the best soccer player. Mm-hmm. He is the best of all, like, or, or he's, he's actually the best at soccer and he's going to go into the little league world world series. He's also going to be playing basketball and football. Uh, he's going to be doing Debate, and he's the he's on drumline. Mm-hmm.
1: So yep, and we're and we're we've got him in a robotics class. Yeah,
0: I mean, and he, he's just every you know. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you do that as a dad is you 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 instill in them a false identity of themselves, right? right? Because eventually, what's going to happen if your dad is sitting there telling you like you're the best at uh you, uh you you're the smartest kid in your class, and you you think you think I'm the smartest kid in my class. And then you had you have a, a you know inevitable downfall you, you you no longer are the smartest kid in your class right
1: you say something dumb in front of everybody and realize right and I'm you not. fall mm-hmm.
0: and you've built your whole identity on this idea that I am and now you are not mm-hmm. and, and you realize
1: doesn't... that you're not and so you don't know who you are anymore
0: right um, and so uh, father mike Schmidt's Talk, had a great homily this last week when he talked about, uh, you know, loving Christ over everybody else, right? And if you eventually we're all going to lose everything, right? You know, we're, we're going to lose our uh, looks. We're going to lose uh, eventually, you know, our loved ones at some point in time. Yeah. We're going to lose our house. You know, when we die, you, you lose your money, you lose your house, you lose all these different, your job, like you get fired. You know, you lose all these things that if you build your identity in these things, mm-hmm. you are nothing. Right. Uh, you lose it, and you become nothing. Mm-hmm. But as Christians, we know that we build ourselves—you know—we identify ourselves as, as sons and daughters of God, and so which Christ is everything. Mm-hmm. And so, if we make sure that we orient ourselves to, in our identity of building ourselves up in Christ, then regardless of what downfalls come in our lifetime, which we know are going to happen, uh, this this world is not perfect. Obviously, uh, there's going to be downfalls. So if you take if you build yourself up in Christ, like Father Mike Schmitz was talking about, uh, it's everything, and it doesn't matter what you lose, all these other things, because they're nothing compared mm-hmm. to Christ. Right. And so I think that it's really tough for us as dads, at least for me. This this podcast is probably more about like this is about Adam's a self reflection of yeah. me, you know, making sure that I don't do mm-hmm. this because I, I I get very caught up in wanting my my sons to be the best at whatever it is. Sure. You know, and I want... Well, I, yeah, of course. I want... You know, I think that's... There's a healthy uh part of that. We should
1: all want that for our sons, for our daughters, for ourselves. But you don't I want mean, to
0: distort it into
1: thinking that that's their identity, right? Well, it's so hard with kids because, you know, like children are just potential. You know, they're almost all 100% potential. You know, all of the, the, the things that they... Are co- you just
0: trying to actualize the
1: potential? Yeah, well, exactly. Like... As they grow, they will make choices that will eliminate some of their potential, and bring other elements of that potential closer to reality. Okay, mm-hmm. you know the, do the, what summer camp do they go to? I mean, just like yeah, there's some, all the little choices with their friends, you right? Know. Exactly. Um, how much time do they spend playing video games right. versus playing outside versus right with friends? So, um, it's so hard because on the one hand. You don't don't tell your kids you can be anything you want. Because that's just not true. Mm-hmm. They can't be anything that they want. You know, like if right. every kid wants to be an astronaut and almost none of them are. Dude, you wanted to be a a, 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 a trash man. Trash man growing up. And, and I'm not. I'm not. And so wouldn't, I wasn't good enough. Right. But uh, so it's just so hard, and this is where virtue is important, because it's the middle the middle road. Because another asp- another mistake a lot of people think, it, I think dads especially, is they do the opposite, where they put down, you know, a lot of dads put down their kids, especially in the realm of sports. You should have done this. You didn't mm-hmm. do this right. You know, mm-hmm. like kids, they hate to ride home from the soccer game. Right. Because dad, the whole way, just rides them saying, well, like, you should have... Done this. Here's why all the stuff. Like I took this notes way. Right. about all the mistakes you made, you know. And meanwhile, the kids like, Dad, Dad, we won. Like, can't right. you just be happy we won? You know, right. like I scored the most points. Right. Um. So you have to balance that, and it's so hard to do because it's. You know, it's like, how do you even know? This is one of those right. things. Where how do you even know if you're doing it? Because on the one hand, yeah, we want to be pushing our kids. We want to like push them for excellence. Make yeah. sure that they know we need. You, know, you need to always strive to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can do better, you should do better. Right.
0: And this is like the the, the you know when we were talking about friendliness, right? Like the the as- aspect of you know you make sure you you're uplifting, you're positive, you're, you're joyful, you're cheerful, but you're also willing to call out, you know, and do. Uh, sorrowful, you know, bring on sorrow to that person for the sake of the good. Yeah, like you know, I I have to sometimes when I discipline my kids, I bring sorrow to them, but it's not because for the sorrow itself; it's for the greater good. Right. Um, you know, when we have, you know, when priests are up giving a homily or something like that, you know, they're they're they sometimes maybe call out the congregation, but they're doing it for the greater good to to sanctify their congregation. Yeah. And so it's it's important to remember that we have to go both sides, and I think that nowadays, I think that. I, I agree. There's a lot of guys who, who who ride their kids, but I think there's more there's more families who who make their kids soft.
1: I think that's lately that has become more of a trend. You know, right. with the participation well, trophy. the pendulum always know, swings, yeah, right? It does. It goes back and, and so forth. what
0: happens whenever you do that is you create effeminate children. Yeah. You create soft children mm-hmm. who never experience uh, downfall, who never experience losing, who never yeah. experience like getting kicked,
1: <laughs> who never have to do any chores,
0: right? And that's not real life, right? And as a father, you know, we protect, we provide, and we establish. That third tier is the establish part, mm-hmm. making sure that your kids know that hey, I'm, you're gonna fail. Mm-hmm. And In
1: fact, you only protect and provide so, so that, that you, you can, can establish. establish. Right. Establishing is the end of the protecting and the providing. Yeah,
0: right. And so, uh, you know, uh, you know, Jose Maria Escrivá says a saint is uh, is a sinner who keeps trying. And if we don't instill this, uh, you know, uh, the this trait of, of, of resilience of, of getting back up again, then um, when they fall they're gonna they're gonna
1: crumble. So I think the the trick is to because this friendliness, you know part of it is building up. It's not just challenge, challenge, challenge. It's also there right. has to be both the positive reinforcement. you right. know it's like son, you did you did great. I was so proud of you today. So I think the important thing is to focus not on outcomes, but on inputs. Okay. You know, it's more important that they gave it their all, that they that they strove for excellence in mm-hmm. what they were doing than did they win, did they was it the desired outcome. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know, uh, in whatever situation. because so, I think if if they are doing that, if they're giving everything that they have to give um, or giving an appropriate mm-hmm. w- whatever the situation calls for. Mm-hmm. Um then that's that's there has to be reinforcement in that so that they know yes you won this was it you won today whether you won or lost the game mm-hmm. you won like yourself
0: well and Dr. Ray Grinney talks about how like you don't necessarily talk about the person you talk about the actions so when you're reinforcing you're reinforcing the actions because the the person is good it's made people are
1: always good. there's no bad person on the planet
0: they're made in the image and likeness of God Um, and so you never like talk about like you're a bad person right like you know no it's the action that you did was bad and so even liberals and so you uh, you make sure that, you know, you're, you're focusing your children on, you're focusing when you're reinforcing or you're bringing sorrow, you're, you're bringing it upon the action and not the child themselves because they're right. intrinsically good.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the stuff they do is good.
0: Right. Good people do bad things. Right. And so you have to make sure to reinforce as a dad um, that, that you discipline your kids in the right way and encourage them in the right ways.
1: Yes, yeah, and especially like different children have different temperaments. Um, I, I just know like my oldest daughter, positive reinforcement works wonders on improving her behavior, whereas it doesn't have as much of an impact on my other daughters. Uh, well, you know, my son is TBD, but mm-hmm. um, that's just something you should know about your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how are they going to respond to certain things? Yes. You got to be in tune. And you have to be on
0: the same page with your wife right uh
1: and that's there's those a conversation in you fact have she probably have. knows already you should just go ask her
0: right and you know and then make sure you guys are on the same page so that way whenever you do discipline that there's no shocks you know shocking things that happen mm-hmm. um and that that leads to bad things
1: mm-hmm. yeah um so i mean but there are so many i've heard this so many times adult men who said like they their dad never said like congratulations, good job, I'm or proud I'd of love you, I'm proud of you, I love you. Like, they never encouraged them their entire life. Right. Don't be that dad. Don't be. The, I mean, like, you're, you're failing as a dad if that's who you are.
0: Yeah, because we're, we're, the, we're the earthly image of God, uh, our right. Heavenly Father, and our Heavenly Father loves us unconditionally. Right. And so if you're not showing that, then how is he going to know the Father in right. heaven?
1: Right, don't let... Yeah, exactly. That's a weakness on your part. Don't pass it down to your kids. Right.
0: So anyway... Uh, the second part of the second part, question 115, if you want to go check all that out. Unflattery. Seconda, seconda. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus.